While the rest of the world has been suffering the worst health crisis in living memory, Perth, Western Australia, famously the most isolated city on the planet, has so far remained relatively untouched by the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm recording this in the middle of 2021, a year since our long lockdown, and with the vaccine now rolling out, I've been asking some of my neighbours to reflect on the last year and on how they see the future. My name is Penny Shaw. Welcome to Pandemic. Ordinary people, extraordinary times. The sound on this episode is sadly not ideal. I had a couple of technical issues. Also, there's a shower of rain and some power tools, but nevertheless, I hope you enjoy it. So I'm Sarah. And I'm Rob. How did it dawn on you that the pandemic was really happening here in Australia, not just, you know, elsewhere? How did it dawn on us? Well, I got a text through about 12 hours before everyone was sort of aware of it from a, one of my clients and she's an immunologist, a very well-known immunologist and she sort of said, oh, something's afoot. That was a couple of days before we went into lockdown and, you know, she, I think she was just trying to help us prepare as a, as a business, you know, she used our services. So. And I just don't remember. I do not remember how I found out that there was this bloody pandemic happening. Right, so there wasn't a moment no, where you suddenly no went... No, specific moment. So you just were aware of it and then you're like, oh, it turns out we can't go anywhere, that's fine. I don't know, it was, I don't know whether it was just a, a work-related thing and I kind of just had to go into overdrive to kind of keep work and business going and I yeah, just sort we of blanked both, that out. We were both a bit like that. Yeah. We were both, you know, because I can't, I, I'm in an industry where we didn't shut down. So I run childcare centres in, in Perth, all throughout Perth. And the age group that I was most worried about was my staff because they are, you know, they were, they're a very vulnerable age group. A lot of them living by themselves, 18 to 25, not a lot of support around them. We had a lot of itinerant workers um, that were here by themselves, you know, without family. So my biggest concern was the mental health of our staff at that point, uh, because, you know, free childcare, we got told that there was free childcare for all. And we knew immediately, once that announcement was made by the government, we knew immediately that we would be kept open and that our staff would have to continue to work through this. And a, a big concern was us, for us was how they're gonna cope. When, when everyone that they know has been stood down, no one's going to work. The roads are like driving on the roads. It was like the zombie apocalypse. You know, it was like <laughs> no one around. And, and I just thought, this is going to be hard. This is going to be really hard for them. And a year on, how do you feel about that decision the state government made to offer free childcare? Do you think that was the right thing to do? I think it was, it was very, it was a very divisive decision. There was, there was people who, who nothing changed for them. A lot of our, a lot of our parents, not, not a thing changed in their financial situation. But then there was people who really needed help, who were working in the hospitality industries and things like that. Creative arts, industries. Creative industries that they lost everything. 
And I think if, we, if there had been time to make a system where those people were helped, helped really helped, and the people who didn't need it weren't, it, would have, it may have been a but better But I guess outcome. there wasn't. It was a there blanket. There wasn't time. Yeah, it was a blanket. Yeah. There's just a lovely shower of rain coming down, which I think will add to our decision, ambience. Yeah, yeah, decisions had to be made, didn't they? They it's did, like, yeah. And quickly. And, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, right we, I didn't sleep for five days. True story. The, True story. In the first five days of, of um, you know, after the announcement of free childcare, I had, I think it was five days of no sleep. Yeah, well, you had, you had a, a, a large business to run yeah. and a household to run with three teenagers. Yeah. So mm. it's, you know, I mean, that story is replicated up and down the country, up to get down well, the state. Well, that's so, right. My know. observation is that people either had more work than they've ever had in yes. their life yeah. or they had none. Well, exactly. And talking of the creative industries, Rob, how about your Well, that was work? the thing that happened for us is that we ended up having, ended up eventually having far more work and still now are seeing the results of the pandemic. So to really rewind back very quickly... We came into a situation where I'm an executive producer for a successful media production company here in Fremantle, and we make programs for the international market for Discovery Channels, National Geographics. And we discovered very early on and got the, the message through from offshore to go, we can't, they couldn't make any programs. Their entire slate globally had been shut down. You know, Robson Green couldn't do his series. The guys from Top Gear couldn't do their series. They couldn't travel. What can we do? Is it, can the show keep going? And our show, fortunately, was able to keep going. But it was a constant juggling act between wanting to serve the client, wanting to serve our own needs in terms of trying to keep a production running, at the same time trying to keep our, our staff and our contract workers, A, employed, but also safe. And so, you know, while regional borders were getting shut down, well, can we go? Can we actually travel there to go and work? Can we travel to the Pilbara? Oh, yes, we can if we've got a work permit. Oh, yes, is that accurate that we can? Well, we just heard on the wires that someone got turned back, even though they had all the paperwork to be able to cross the borders from one region to the next. So for us, from a professional perspective, it was like just balls getting juggled constantly. Um, and, you know, back to your original question, how did it impact our, our workload? We basically got commissioned another short little spin-off series because here's an international network that's got no one on the planet able to make content, but we could in WA. Yeah. Even the East Coast yeah. was shut down. And so our remoteness, the island that we became, was an absolute godsend for so many people, not just myself, but all the contract workers and the creators in that industry. We were able to keep going and more than anything got commissioned another 40 one-hour episodes, which is just phenomenal in our industry. Unheard for of. Unheard of. Wow. And we've just subsequently had another 40 commissioned as well. So yes. it's just been through the roof. And yes, the show's been really successful. That's why it's been commissioned. But yeah. it's a safe haven to be able to make programming, which is why we, you know, it'd be fantastic to have a $100 million film studio and we could really promote that and celebrate Fremantle. And, Absolutely. Um, I think, and, and that, as a spin-off mm. from all that, I'd go, let's go, tick the box. Mm. And how about your personal life? You say you had three teenagers, mm. so they were school age students, school working, school, university, and gap decade. Gap decade. <laughs> yeah, how was that then? Yeah. So they were 
all at home. They were. But no doubt they were making sure that there were meals on the table and the house was clean. They were oh, so religiously, helpful. Religiously. They were so helpful. I mean, they were so helpful. They moved nothing. I knew where exactly where everything oh, was well, going to be yeah. when I got home because <laughs> it was in the same space in the morning. It was perfect. They were really helpful. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I, I, I was at work long hours. So they were basically, you know, they basically fended for themselves over that time. And in fact, you had to go away because you couldn't find a, a shooter. Uh, I had to head went... out into the field for three weeks, yeah. three and a half weeks. Yeah. yeah. So and do three jobs. So basically what you're saying is you've no idea what they were doing. No, no, no. Because I mean, you weren't here. I wasn't here. No, I have no idea. But how did they feel about it? The youngest definitely felt abandoned abandoned by us mm. definitely and I mean she was scared her dad was stuck down south he had made the decision to stay down south so she really felt like she was a bit abandoned and also seeing me so stressed waiting for the calls from the bank and waiting for you know calls back from landlords and you know I mean initially I remember having that moment of going oh Rob we can just you know hang in the house for Two weeks. Yippee. And, and, It'll be and, over. And, our, and, and cement our relationship. It's like, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> it absolutely tested us, didn't it? Yep. It was, we've been together only at that point, you know, 18 months. 18 months. He was left to, you know, watch me fall in a heap and try and survive the financial, you know, hit. Which you did. And um, also deal with my three kids, not being able to see his three kids who are in New Zealand, which was horrific yeah. for you, yeah. not being able to get back there, because they were terrified as well, yeah. weren't they? And they wanted him to come back. You did go That's, back though, didn't I you? I did eventually, but it was ju- I, I've forgotten all about that scenario actually, um, Sass. It was that whole thing of wanting to go back to them, be for, there for them, them wanting me to be, to be back, but at the same time going, still have to have income coming in and this and I'm needed here to do that and I'm also feeling responsible for a team of 50 60 people as well as your kids so it was totally t- torn between personal and professional and we didn't know how long this was going to last did we no that's right hmm. mm. and what were your memories of being in South Fremantle at that time just putting it in a sort of sense of place I was a bit angry because I, I had a real feeling of look at all these people you know being able to just stay in their houses and hang with their kids and you were quite resentful i was very resentful of it yeah Yeah, driving through driving through Fremantle, everything closed down and very often being the only car on the road yeah i felt very sorry for myself where would your family have been in the last pandemic now you don't necessarily need specifics and I know by the time we get back a hundred years ago there's lots of different mm. streams of generation but I mm. guess it's a way of finding out lineage half of my family would have been in the UK in Seven Oaks now I'm not the keeper of the keys and I could be the romantic in me wants to just give us that <laughs> the romantic in me wants to say uh yeah in on a Greek island half of my family would have been so I don't in near Turkey so I would say probably quite affected by it well and the, they'd have just lived through the that first world, first war, world anyway, war exactly which was devastating to that particular um island anyway so half greek half english yeah and how about you rob uh my I've got scottish lineage 
So was it the Scottish side that went to, you know, Dunedin and yeah, yeah, well, southern, yeah, yeah. southern New Zealand? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's so Scottish down there. You can really feel that. Yeah. Totally. That immigration. Totally. What about your and grandfather, I'm, your great-grandfather? Oh, my great-great-grandfather was from, um, from the US. He was um, African-American and Indian. So that's a whole other world again. And I'm still sort of... Uh, uncovering his history and his past at the moment. So we would have been in 1918. 1918, he was in New Zealand, actually, as a black American and was in Wellington. Oh, yeah, totally. He was the the first black American lawyer in New Zealand, studied at Yale University, uh, graduated from there and sung with the Jubilee Singers, toured with them around the world and met a gorgeous Australian and took her... Back to New Zealand. Wow, what so a great story. I haven't actually thought about him in the context of mm. the, of the uh, Spanish flu. Yeah. And well, where I don't it think been. anyone yeah. really had, as I say, in my family, there was this, you know, folklore history. Who's that now? <laughs> this is the wonderful thing about South Fremantle. We're a very intimate <laughs> we community. We share skill saws <laughs> and lawnmowers oh, on a daily basis. Oh, my God. Okay, well, there you go. We're outside, we're in the neighbourhood, we're in the neighborhood. We are, as long as we acknowledge the background, it's we fine. We do. You know yeah. where we are. Exactly, it's not yeah. raining at least. Um, that's why everyone's come out with their power tools. That's right. Can we have some <laughs> rain, please? Yeah. <laughs> I remember talking to my grandparents about their lives and never was a pandemic mentioned. No. Never. Was a but pandemic. It would have been mentioned. their parents, wouldn't it, that would have lived through it? No, it was well my great grandmother who, was, great, who lived with you, us, who oh, was who was very right. much present in our lives. And and never was it mentioned, you know, the the pandemic. Maybe we just need to prod them. Mm. Those yeah, people maybe. in our lives a little more, particularly that older Doesn't generation. Well they're all to forget. dead now, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. I mean the ones that would remember it. Yeah. If no, you were no, old no, enough no, to remember. Yeah, yeah that's you're right. You're not gonna be still no. My yeah. point being is that for our older um, parents that we have now, yeah, prob them, have those discussions. So silver linings, what are your positives that you hope have come out? Well, you already said that your work is taking yeah, your off. Work has been amazing. I mean, we haven't been busier at work. We've, we've had an amazing year. Financially, you rode the storm out. You kept all your centres open. You kept all, most of your staff on. Called in a few lines. Yes. Yes. Yeah, called in a few personal loans and Gosh, that must have been very It was terrifying. that is what was the most traumatic thing for me. Yeah, it was. It was. You've never yeah. done that before nah, ever in your life. Never. You've got personal loan to keep your business afloat. Yeah. And and to keep, you know, the the family afloat, really. Yeah. 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 What are you hoping is gonna happen? This time next year. So, have you had your vaccines? Yeah, I haven't gone ra- got around to it. I definitely will. I mean, I have to. Yeah, I will. Uh, for my work, I would. Ha- I need to. People are scared of having these vaccines, and I know that I've talked to a lot of my parents from all walks of life, and they're scared of giving the vaccine to their kids too. Eventually, you know, but. The people who make those decisions will always be up for being ridiculed and, you know, had their, having their heads Absolutely. chopped off for being put above the parapet. But people just need to think, well, 
you know, this is stressful. This has been stressful for our government. It's been stressful for our community. It's been stressful for everyone. We've never had to deal with this before. You know, it's been stressful for companies trying to make pandemic plans, you know, which is what we've all had to go through, is making, you know, doing risk assessments on something that we have, uh, we had zero experience of. And, you know, how are we going to cope with this? How are we going to do that? And there is always going to be the people who can sit like they do on Freo Massive and go, you've done the wrong thing. But, you know, if it's very easy to sit and judge when you actually never have to make a decision about anything. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And so in a year, we're hoping that we'll have herd immunity, all the borders will be open, business as usual. Exactly. And we can, go, we can go freely back. What do we all go? Hmm. And forth from wherever. Well, that's a good yeah. question. Where are you going to go when the borders open? We are going to head to Greece. We're heading to Greece. <gasps> Absolutely. We have done a sailing course. Yes. Oh, you yes. sail to Greece. We, we, have take done, a while. we have done a sailing course. We in have. case we can't get back, we can buy a boat and sail back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That was great. Thank you so much, my guests today, Rob and Sarah. And thanks, Penny. Thanks, Thanks, Penny. Thank you for listening to Pandemic, produced and presented by me, Penny Shaw, original music by Finn Pearson, and supported by the City of Fremantle. If you'd like to hear more from me, then check my website, daisyproductions.com.au. Follow me on social media, forward slash Penny. This is a Neighbour to Neighbour initiative. <laughs>